Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. And open your Bibles and turn to Galatians 5.13. So I'm going to talk about something that may not be running and shouting material, <laughs> but it's good. I'm going to talk about serving. And thank you for that. That one, woo. Um, and originally I was going to just call it serving, you know, and I'm going to talk about being a servant. And I'm going to talk about, um, I've got some scriptures that I believe they've stirred me up. And I believe they'll stir you up in serving. And if you're not, but you've been kind of nervous about it, they'll encourage you to want to, you know, when you hear the blessing that comes out of it. But today, as I was making dinner, just kind of praying about the service and stuff, um, the Lord was just telling me over and over. I just kept hearing, no greater calling. No greater calling. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to call it that instead. Instead of serving, it's no greater calling. You have no greater calling on your life than to serve. And God's created each of us with so many gifts, abilities, and talents. And they're not to just keep to ourselves. They're, they're to use, and we use them by serving. But I don't want to get way ahead of myself. So you guys are all there in Galatians. Um, you know, Jesus was our example. He was such a perfect example. And we all want to be more like him. Well, a huge part of him was him being a servant. You know, he laid everything down to do the Father's will. I mean, he had flesh like us. I'm sure there were times that he thought, you know, I don't feel like talking to these people. I want to just stay in bed, you know. And there's, I mean, there's a million different situations where he said, not my will, but yours. I mean, we have so many examples of the Bible. He was such a perfect, perfect example that we can follow. Um, So let me read Galatians 5 first. Um, For you, brethren, well, first, before I really get into it, um, this, I have a warning. The The Bible gives us a warning, and it's in Galatians 5, 13, and 14. For you, brethren, have been called to liberty. Only do not use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I'm going to read the message version. It's really good too. Kind of hits it a little bit more home sometimes. Sometimes I love the message Bible. Every once in a while there's a scripture. I'm like, ah, that, that's not really, it's not perfect. But sometimes it's just so perfect. You know how it is if if you, you like the message version. All right. It's absolutely clear that God has called you to a free life. Just make sure that you don't use this freedom as an excuse to do whatever you want to do and destroy your freedom. Rather, use your freedom to serve one another in love. That's how freedom grows. For everything we know about God's word is summed up in a single sentence. Love others as you love yourself. That's an act of true freedom. It's so good. It's so true. We, you know, 
God's put so much in us. And when we have the right attitude and we take what he's given us, it'll grow. And he says, we've been called to liberty. Liberty, it just, it means freedom. He's given us one of the greatest gifts. We have freedom to choose. We all do. And we get to make the choices. And he's given us a warning here. He says, but don't use that that freedom of choice as an opportunity for the flesh. But through love, serve one another. You know, sometimes people can take, they can associate that freedom with, well, that means I'm free to do whatever I want. Jesus just said, I can, I'm free. Praise God. I can do whatever, whenever. Really, you can't. You're, you're free to choose to or not. You can make that choice, but he has a path for you. He has things for you. And if you really want all the blessing, you, you got to walk down that path. So we don't want to ever um, take advantage of that freedom that God's blessed us with. Amen? You know, Jesus, Jesus never said, you're not going to find in the Bible where he's like, yeah, it's cool, just do whatever. You know, he, you're never going to find it. Um, you know, it's cool. You can sit here and you can learn faith so you can have your finances for your health. You know, that's cool. Use it, but just keep it to yourself for you and your family and you're good to go. You're not going to find it. If, you know, we need to take what we're learning and we're, we're serving one another. We need to take it to other people. We need to bless other people with it. Um, you know, and as a matter of fact... I mean, you can't just use it on yourself. You can't. The things that we learn when we sit here. Um, and if you have to be careful, too, if you, if you have, um, well, I'm just trying to get it mentality. I'm trying to get it. Um, I'm trying to get everything I need for me and my own. You're actually, the Bible does say you'll lose it. You know, Jesus did say that. And if, if that's all you're thinking about, you, you can't. You're missing it. God has so much if you just follow and do it his way. And you won't have to toil and, and you know, work 24-7 to provide for your own. You know, God, God has a better way for you. And, yes, sometimes it hurts your flesh. Yes, sometimes it's completely cross-grained with your flesh. But it's just flesh. <laughs> Every single one of us wakes up in the morning, hears that alarm clock, and it's like, oh, I just want to stay in bed. And, you know, five minutes later when you're in the shower, you're over it. It's just flesh. All right. So I also have, um, well, before I move on, um, I really highlighted getting knowledge is not enough. Um, the Bible actually has a lot to say about that. And I'll, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but um, you can't be fulfilled without being useful. And when I wrote this down, I immediately thought of um, the movie Schindler's List. How many of you all have seen that movie? It's a hard movie to watch, but it's, it's a very powerful movie. Oscar Schindler, I immediately thought of him. Um, at the end of the movie, um, you know, he, he was a German who had, because of his business, had been able to save a lot of the Jews. But at the end, he's like, you know, with, with, with this pen, 
you know, I, this, this gold pendant, I could have saved, you know, five more Jewish people. You know, I, I could have, he was crying. I could have, I could have saved more. When, when it was over and it was done with and, you know, troops were coming in and, I mean, he just had such remorse that he couldn't have done, he couldn't have done more. You know, I immediately thought of that. You know, we don't, we don't want to, you know, come to the end of our lives and have such regret that we didn't do more. We, you know, God's not intending us to, to walk out our lives that way. He wants us, when we're satisfied and we're ready to go home, to be like, wow, you know, that was a good ride. God blessed me. I was able to bless other people. And when you do that, you will find a fulfillment you can't find anywhere else. So one of the traps that the enemy has when it comes to serving that I wanted to mention, you know, the enemy's, he's, yeah, he's a jerk, but he's not stupid. You know, he, he tries, if he knows he can't get a Christian one way, he'll come in another. If he knows, you know, I can't get so-and-so to just not serve or give. So I'm going to come at it from a different angle. And so one approach that he uses is, well, I'll just put it off for a while. And you put it off. I'll do that later. I'll get my act together, and then I'll do it later. And then you find yourself weeks, months, years later, and all of a sudden it's like 10 years, and you're like, oh, my gosh, I never did that. I mean, time really, I mean, when people say it flies, you know, it really it kind of does. I mean, you can blink and a couple of years have gone by. So don't, you know, if you're thinking about it, if you're thinking, well, I'd like to do something, um, you know, don't put it off. And I know, and I was going to mention this at the end, but I want to mention it now, that there, there are some people that physically, I get it, I totally understand, you physically cannot serve in certain areas, but you can serve through prayer. Absolutely. And that is, that is a huge, huge area, you know, and, and if, if you need to, you know, find a way to make yourself accountable to do it regularly, you know, that is one, that's just one area where you can do that. Another area is even calling somebody up on the phone, seeing how they're doing. You know, there are areas to serve. So, you know, nobody has to feel bad if you can't do something that someone else is doing. God has something for you. Just ask him. You know, he, he's not going to keep beating on your door to do it. Um, if you're not open to it, you're, not gonna, you're just going to hear crickets. You're not going to hear anything. But say, if you're open to it and you're like, Lord, what can I do? You know, here's my situation. I'm not there yet, but I do want to do something. He'll talk to you. He'll give you something. He'll probably give you something tailor-made just for you. You know, God's just that good. Amen? All right. So turn to Matthew 25, 37. And I'm going to give you, I don't want to just machine gun uh, scriptures at you, but I have a bunch of really good ones. And if you're taking notes, you know, you might want to write these down. And if you're someone who... You're kind of serving and going through the motions, and you kind of gotten, you know, you just need to stir yourself up and remember, why am I doing this? You know, um, these are really good to come back to. 
So Matthew 25, 37 to 40. Then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in or naked and clothe you? Or when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king will answer and say to them, Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of these my, of my brethren, you did it to me. I turn to Romans 12.1. So it's easy to see in that, just that scripture alone what Jesus' attitude was about it. Romans 12.1, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, and I looked up beseech because that is not a word that I use. <laughs> so sometimes, I, you know, I beseech you. It just means to beg for urgently or anxiously. I beseech you urgently or anxiously to beg for. Therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. You know, in light of all that he's done for us, it's reasonable, reasonable for us to want to serve him back. It's reasonable for us to offer ourselves to him and say, you know what, Lord, just take me and, you know, use me for whatever you want. It's, it's reasonable. Turn to Matthew 20, 26. Yet it shall not be so among you, but whoever desires to become great among you, let him be your servant. And whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. You know, the King of Kings, he, he was here before everything. He was with God. They created the earth. He came here and was a servant. Um, You know, our pastor is a servant. He comes out here and he serves it up, you know, every time he preaches. He's a servant. You know, we're all servants and have an opportunity to be a blessing to one another through serving. And, you know, get um, get this spirit in you. The more I read these scriptures... You know, the more, I knew God wanted me to talk about this. But at first I was kind of like, how am I going to get everybody super stirred up? You know, it's not, nobody's going to be running on this, you know. And the more I read it, the more I just got it in me. And the more ideas came up of how I could be, you know, a servant and be a blessing to someone else. And it's just really cool. So, you know, take notes and refer back to these because it'll get you stirred up. You know, I mean, what's greater than being like Jesus? I mean, and and I mean, do you think he got reward for what he did? Yes, huge reward. All right, turn to Titus three eight.
fruit. This is a faithful saying, and these things I want to affirm constantly, that those who have believed in God should be careful to maintain good works. These things are good and profitable to men. You know, this is where it gets real. Careful to maintain good works. Now read, go down to 314. Yeah. And let our people also learn to maintain good works, to meet urgent needs, that they may not be unfruitful. Do not let yourself become unfruitful. It says, let our people learn to maintain good works. Now, you hear good works, and people who've not grown up in this church, you know, there are all kinds of religions out there that that is a, basically a dirty word. Good works means you have to work your way into heaven. All kinds of religions out there. I'm sure some of them have knocked on your door on Saturday mornings. And that's what they believe. And it's really sad because it's, it's, God doesn't do things that way. You know, he's, he's way better than that, way easier and w- what he's talking about here in the scripture is he said to meet urgent needs. We're, we're meeting needs, you know, we're helping each other, we're meeting needs. Um, those are the good works. We're serving, and we're serving one another. Amen? And the thing that's really big here is it says, he's, he says, let our people learn to maintain good works, meet urgent needs, that they may not be unfruitful. He's pleading with them, so he's saying, so that they're not, he's not saying, you just need to do this for so-and-so. He's saying, this is for you, you. This is your benefit. This is so you're not unfruitful. If he's saying, don't be unfruitful, you know, that's, that's a big deal. There's, God's created us to be fruitful, and if we're not, we're missing something huge. We've got to be fruitful. Um, here's the message version of 314. This hits it even harder. Our people have to learn to be diligent in their work so that all necessities are met, especially among the needy, and they don't end up with nothing to show for their lives. I don't want to come to the end of my life and have nothing, and nothing to show for it. I don't want, I don't want to be that person. Yeah, I'm, I'll go to heaven, and I'll be in glory, but I don't, I don't want to go out that way. There's, a, there's an even greater way that you can live your life. And God's, it's, he's created us to be fruitful. Nobody in this room can say, I don't have anything. You have something. You absolutely have. You were created with those abilities, gifts, talents, to serve, to be a blessing. And in there's so many different ways. So many different ways. I mean, and that, I mean, we could preach a whole nother night on, you know, the reward for someone, you know, who, you know, they're not going to be this, this just, oh, well, so-and-so is called to do this, and that's really special. So they must be really special, and they're going to have so much of a bigger house than I am in heaven. <laughs> you know, you, you do the one thing that God's asked you to do, your reward is huge. It's probably going to be the same. You just have to do what, what you're supposed to do. And when you start to do it, you start to walk out in it, you, you'll find it. You'll, you'll start to realize, hey, you know what? I, I, didn't, think, I didn't think working with kids was actually going to be this cool. 
You know, I thought it was going to be kind of scary, and and I really wasn't sure what was going to happen. But you know, you, you or you know what? We've had people, and I appreciate this so much. Um, we've had some people work in some of the kids' departments, and they really did a. It wasn't their thing, and that's I get it. But they stayed for like a year or two, and then they came to me later, and they're like, "Can I go somewhere else?" And I mean, I appreciate so much that they tried. You know, sometimes you need to try, you know, try and serve in a different department, and then you find out it, it's not what fits you. But I appreciate the ones who have, and they came to me and just, you know, you know, it may not be the thing that that's going to be such a great blessing to you, <laughs> you know. But anyway, but God has something for all of us, and it, it's amazing when you. You, when you find, you begin to find those things that he has. Um, you know, uh, people who are unsaved, you know, they, they spin their wheels and spin their wheels and toil. That's the word I used earlier for little to no benefit. But when you, you know, and, and even people who have tons and tons of money, you know, there's many of them that come to a point in their lives and they're just like, is this all there is? And they're probably not going to tell you that. But many of them are just like, you know, I have this, I have that, I'm super wealthy. And they keep getting more and more stuff because they're never satisfied. They're not, they're not bearing fruit. They're not, they're missing out on what God's saying, don't miss out on. And, you know... God doesn't want us living that kind of a life. He wants us to be fruitful. He wants us blessed. When you take on even the smallest thing that God's asked you to do, I mean, it could be, um, I don't know, taking out the diaper trash or sweeping the carpets out front. When you take on even the smallest things that you're serving the Lord with, it can take on an eternal significance. You know, it's not, it, it's never going to be forgotten. First of all, the Lord sees you. He knows you. You know, I'm not, you know, if you come in and you're just like, oh, I hate doing this. then <laughs> You need to adjust your attitude too. You know, there, it's important. You have to be willing and obedient, not just obedient. So, you know, the Bible does cover that too. But Seriously, there's an eternal significance. You know, okay, let's go to 2 Peter first. 2 Peter 1, 5, sorry. You know, what you're doing will never be forgotten, and it causes, it can cause your, when you serve God, it can cause your life to matter, and it can cause your time to matter. All right, but also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, to perseverance godliness, to godliness brotherly kindness, to brotherly kindness love. For if these things are yours and abound, you will neither you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. When we serve in church, you know, we're not only serving him, but we're serving each other. We become a blessing to each other. You know, he's talking about brotherly kindness in this. He's saying, 
you know, add all these things and add and to godliness, brotherly kindness, to brotherly kindness, love. And he says, if these things are yours and abound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord. You know, I consider it a brotherly kindness when people have my kids, you know, in the classroom. That is huge for me. You know, it takes, when my kids were little, and well, right now, they're over in showtime. And I, the blessing that is to me, the brother, I consider that a personal brotherly kindness. That is huge for me. It takes a pressure off of, where are my kids, what are they doing? You know, are they going crazy? Are they tearing stuff up? No, because they're with people that, you know, love them, trust them, and are putting the word into them. You know, it's a brotherly kindness when youth workers take time away from their own family to take your kids. We're not getting paid for that. <laughs> We're, and sometimes we have to pay a babysitter to do it. We've got a lot of them. They're taking that time off to take your teenagers far away on, on a trip or something. That's a brotherly kindness. Amen? Let me read Second Peter one more time. Make sure we get it. But also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, self-control perseverance, to perseverance godliness, to godliness brotherly kindness, to brotherly kindness love. If these things are yours and abound, you'll be neither barren nor unfruitful. You know, it's possible to have a lot of knowledge of Christ and be unfruitful. This scripture shows it. It is possible. You can know a lot. You can know a lot, but you're you're not going to increase in knowledge. Turn to Colossians 1.9. It's not meant for you to just hear the word and sit on it. You will, you, you will increase in some knowledge, but you will be unfruitful. And I, I know some people who, you know, they're just like, oh, I know all that. I know it. Um, and they don't do anything. They hardly leave the house. They don't share any of it. And over the years, I've seen a difference. I've seen where... Their knowledge goes to a certain level. You can talk to them about certain things, but then it just kind of, it stops at a certain point because your growth, you cannot continue in a certain amount of growth if you're not serving. You know, it's just like if you have a baby and you just keep shoveling the food in and they just sit there, what do they need to do? They're not going to grow up normal. If they're not moving they're not wiggling those legs. They're not learning to walk. They get up and they do something with it. They exercise. Then they're balanced. They're healthy. We can't just shovel it all in and not do anything with it. You know, it, we cannot do that. It's so important. And God's pleading with us. He doesn't want us to be unfruitful. He wants us fruitful because he knows it's a, there's a blessing there for us. And, he, you know, he's so good. It's not just so we can have reward later. He wants to bless us now. Huge reward while we're here. He's just that good. Did I read Colossians? I don't think so. 
Okay, for this reason, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power for all patience, long-suffering with joy. You know, being filled with knowledge is not so we can go home and say, woo, glory to God, and then never do anything with it. And I know I've said that like 20 times, but we've got to know this. We've got to stir it up in us. It's for a reason. It's so, you know, we can serve, we can love each other. There's a million different ways we can, so we can be fruitful like God wants. And on top of all the good stuff that comes along with it, it's in being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. He's promising us, you want to grow? He's promising us growth if we do this. God's good. Fruitful in every good work and increasing in knowledge. I mean, you know, there's no better deal. And, you know, honestly, if you're, you're, if you're on this planet, you're serving either one or the other. You're serving God. You know, there's so many people out there that are just like, I'm my own man and I do what I want when I want. No, you're not. If you aren't serving God and you aren't saved, you don't know it, but you're being drawn along by the devil. The enemy's just toying with you. He just is. You're serving him, and you don't even know it. And, you know, God has so much for us. Let's do things his way. You cannot be fulfilled or satisfied without being used. And being used by the Lord, you know, is by serving. Turn to Mark 8. I just can't, I feel like I can't say that enough. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and for the gospels will save it. You know, I heard a minister say this once, and and this brings it home too even more. He says, people who don't serve are just serving themselves. And if you think about that, it's like, whoa. You know, that's pretty harsh. But... It's so easy to just take that step, and you can start small, and like I said, if you physically can't do anything, you can pray. You can call someone up on the phone. You can find out how they're doing. You can pray with them over the phone. I mean, there's things that you can do. You know, turn to Philippians 2.4. tonight. All right. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men and being found in appearance As a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. 
Therefore God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of those in heaven and those on earth and those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Turn to John 15, 8. You know, Jesus, he was a king. He knew it. At any moment, he could have been like, stop, I'm not doing this cross thing. And he didn't. I mean, think about how hard it is when you know you've got, you've got the power to stop something. You know, say like Superman and, and someone's coming up to throw a punch at him. You know you've got it in you to just go like this. You know, at any second. I mean, that's, that's, he humbled himself and let them humiliate him and beat him and kill him. I mean, he came here, he served while he was here. You know, at one point in the Bible, it would take too long to find all the scriptures where he did stuff. At one point, he was washing the feet of the disciples, I mean, you know how nasty people's feet were back then? <laughs> they were nasty. I mean, people wore, like, sandals, and I'm sure there was a lot of barefoot people. And, you know, they had animals for transportation if there were streets and they pooped in the street. and You know what I mean? It was gross. It was considered, like, a very lowly thing to wash someone's feet. He was washing their feet. I mean, he's the king. He, not just the king, he was with God when this was all created. I mean, if he can do that, surely I can clean some poop off a baby's butt. I mean, <laughs> come on. All right, John, are you on John 15, 8? Well, let's keep things in perspective. It's true. All right. By this my Father is glorified. That you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. How is he glorified? He's glorified by us bearing much fruit. And if we're never, ever serving and we refuse to, we're not going to be bearing much fruit. We want to always glorify God, and we want to be fruitful. So turn to... Actually, I didn't, uh, I didn't write down a scripture for that one. Okay, turn to Luke 1 8 then. I don't know. Somehow the numbers disappeared. You might know it. Um, you know, if you're a new Christian and you're new, you're just you're new to the church, you're new to God, everything, you know what? Don't worry. Don't worry about it. Don't feel bad after listening to this. You know, you just listen and God, you know, it doesn't take long before you just starts to kind of come up on the inside of you. Hey, I kind of want to see what I can do, you know, and you pray about it and God will have something for you. But, you know, don't feel bad. I, I mean, I got back into fellowship with the Lord my last year college. And, you know, when I started coming here, I moved down here and came to this church. I didn't just run up and, you know, start greeting or whatever. You know, I... Got in every service I could. Every time the doors were open, I came to prayer, whatever. That was just where my heart was, and I was so happy. I was fulfilled. For me at that time, that was, you know, that was something. I mean, there was fruit 
coming out of it for me, I was able to minister to my, my other sister in Pittsburgh who was out of fellowship at the time. And I mean, I was, you know, for me at that time, it was, it was wonderful. And, you know, so don't, I don't want anybody to feel bad, but you know, at a certain point, you know, when don't shut God down when he starts to speak to you about, you know, Hey, maybe there's something here you could do. Cause if he's speaking to you about something, it just means he has something good for you. It might go cross grain to your flesh. Yes, but it's just your flesh. It means he has, you know, once you get past that part, you know, like speaking, I'm, I'm up here speaking in front of people like that goes complete cross grain to my flesh. I remember fourth grade doing a report on a bald eagles of all things and just shaking, sweating, shaking, um, probably peed myself a little. I don't know. (laughs) Crying. I don't think I cried, but it was, it was awful. And I knew from that day on that that was something that I would never do again if I could avoid it. If I ever had to do it again, I was going to be sick that day at school. And so anyway, but you know, obviously it's not going to work out that way for me. I can't avoid it. I married the wrong person, if that's the way it's going to go down. But um, it's just my flesh, though, because I really do, you know, I, as I and find scriptures, and I, I enjoy it. And even talking to people, it was never, like, the easiest thing for me. I'm pretty much an introvert. My flesh would rather stay home, meet a couple people my whole life, and never kind of go out of that circle, you know. I'm not the only one, but oh my gosh, the people that I would have missed out on if I hadn't, you know, just coming to church every week for me when I first started, it was just like, okay, I can do this. I can talk to people and I'd go home with a headache every week because it was so stressful just to find things to say, to talk to people and just, I, I was, I was raised so sheltered. And I just think, what if I had just hung on to that? What if I'd never just, okay, you know, I had believed God many times. I'm like, God, you've got to help me because I know this is what I need to do. I know it's the right thing. It's just not easy. And I just, all the people I would have missed out on getting to know, I'm just, thank God, you know, that I'm here and that I'm pushing past you know, that part of the flesh. I mean, it's just flesh. Seriously. Everybody say that. It's just flesh. <laughs> it's good for us all to remember. Wake up tomorrow morning and say, it's just flesh. It'll quit. It'll quit screaming. You scream louder than your flesh. You know, by praising God and remembering how fruitful you can be, what he's put in you. So here's the good news, more good news about serving. This is even more good news, and I had never read this before until the other day. And I'm so sorry, I don't know what the scripture is, but I think it's in John. Okay, as the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love if you keep my commandments. You will abide in my love just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. Why is that doubled? Is it 15.9? Okay, what is it, John or 1 John? It's John 15.9? And I think I doubled it. It's funny. Okay. 
So if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I've kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I've spoken to you that my joy may remain in you, that your joy may be full. There's a key here. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. His joy, his joy. He's talking, okay, is there a difference in his joy and our joy? Actually, this breaks it down. This says that my joy may remain in you. And then it goes next, it says that your joy may be full. There is a difference. But his joy, it you can have his joy in you, and it can just boil over and just the most amazing joy that you've ever experienced. And it affects your joy. And he says, you know, he wants his joy to remain in you. He doesn't want you to experience it one time and then not experience it again for five years. And there's a key here. He wants it to remain in you so that your joy will be full. He says, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. And one of the ways we love one another is through serving. You know, you're not, you're not serving the pastor. You're, you're actually serving. You're blessing him, but you're blessing each other. When you're helping out with everybody's kids, you know, when someone walks in the door and they're new and they don't know where their kid's classroom is, you know what, you're serving that person that just walked in the door. You're being a blessing to them so they don't feel really awkward and have to go hunt down where to put their kid. You're, that's an easy, easy opportunity. That's something that is so easy what we can do. And don't ever, ever take it lightly. There's eternal value, eternal significance. Think about it. Next time you're doing something and it just seems so small for the Lord, it can take on eternal, eternal value. Do anybody see that thing on Facebook where the guy was talking about eternity and he had the rope? I only saw it for like a second. And I was like, that is so cool. He had this huge long rope and about three inches on the end, he colored it black. And he said... He said, this is your life here on earth. And he said, people work to do everything for themselves and just to make it or to work towards retirement in that little, that little slot, that little time frame. And they've got all of that ahead of them, all of that. They're not doing anything about all of that. And the rest of their life is going to be that rope that goes way, way, way out. Our time here is like this. It's so, so, so short. It's it's perspective. We have to keep perspective. What we're doing, why we're doing it, why we're here. And, you know, like I said, God, he wants his joy in us. I want his joy. I want that. I'm going to remember next time I'm doing something that seems so small. You know what? I'm doing this for God. I'm a blessing to someone else. If you have to speak to yourself while you're doing it, do it. Remind yourself. This has eternal significance. Somebody is, is going to be blessed by this. Somebody could get saved. I mean, there's just so many things. God's just so good. God wants us happy. And just like you want your kids happy, he wants us happy. 
wants his joy to remain in us. He wants it to stay. He wants it to be the norm in us. You know, when, and, and I'm not saying, you know, when we do have time for ourselves or our family vacation or whatever, God will redeem your time. Oh, he's amazing. Absolutely amazing. I don't know how many times when things were really, really busy and then we had time to go do something with our family we, I mean, I, had, I wrote down a whole list to my iPad, and I don't have time to read them, but one time, we only had a few days to go, um, go down the beach or something, and we went to this restaurant, and we're just sitting there having lunch or something, and these two huge pirate ships, we see them off in the distance, and they're, they, they're like, coming closer and coming closer, and then they, like, pull up right next, they're right next to us, like the antique, like, real pirate ships and the kids were so excited just flipping out excited and I'm like right at our window I'm like this doesn't happen every day and they were so excited they got to go out and they got to look at them and check them out and everything and like just little things like that I mean I couldn't have planned that myself I would have screwed it up if I had tried they were just so excited it was something so little we didn't have a whole lot of time you know one time um I literally, and I don't know if you remember this, we were in Gasparilla Island, and my kids were really little. Jordy was studying for a test, and we were all staying in this condo, and I was like, okay, I have a few minutes I can go out and fish. Um, I don't know, for some reason, like, everybody was gone, and I think I had Mia down for a nap, and I knew Jordy was there, so he, he wasn't going anywhere, so I'm like, okay, I'm going to run out, and I'm going to fish. And I run out, and I had a SpongeBob reel. And I went out and caught a shark in five minutes. I was like, wow. I was like, I'm done. I was totally satisfied. I didn't have to stand out there for hours. I caught a shark. I didn't even know what it was. It was a shovelhead shark. I just thought it was a really weird-looking hammerhead. But but I'm like, God just does that. He knew I didn't have much time. I knew she was going to wake up soon, and... I was like, this is just so exciting. I mean, I literally was satisfied. I, I didn't even need to, you know, because I just, I love to fish, especially in the Gulf of Mexico. So I was just, you know, really like, I've got to find a way to do this. I cannot do this with a, you know, a two-year-old. This is just not going to work. Anyway, the Lord worked it out for me. He redeemed my time. But I have so many examples of that where he'll take what you have and he'll make it so much more fun, so much more full you know, he's just so good that way. You'll enjoy the stuff that you have more. You really, really will. So here's four quick reasons why serving is good for you, on top of everything that I already said. Um, number one, these are just real basic. I literally just came up with these myself. It gets, number one, it gets your mind off yourself. How many of you know that that sometimes is just really, really good? <laughs> Seriously. You know, and God knows this. I know he knows that this is, this is a part of it. He knows sometimes there's things you just need to quit meditating on and, or problems that just, you know, you keep thinking about or, or maybe you're having a problem with someone. He's going to give you opportunity to work through that or get away from it and just stop thinking about all that stuff. Because, you know, you can't just give something to God and then just keep meditating on, oh, what am I going to do? You know, if you're going to be in faith, you need to give it to him and drop it and thank God that he's working on it. And serving is a really good way 
Totally get your mind off issues, you know, whatever's going on. Number two, fellowship. You learn a lot by working next to people. Learn a lot about people. A lot, a lot, a lot. And some things you might not want to know, but you do learn about people. Me and Zach, I don't know where he is. We were talking about this the other day. Um, Just how much we've gotten, you know, just what a blessing it is the people we've gotten to know through, you know, serving in church. I mean, you get to know a little bit by seeing them every week, but you don't really get to know until you work with someone. You know how it is on the job. You really, really, you really get to know people. And... You know, it's important. We all need each other. Number three, serving gives you something you can reap. Because we do reap what we sow. That's something that, you know what, I'm, I'm reaping, I'm sowing a good harvest. Remind yourself next time you're, you're ushering or you're working with a kid that's screaming at you or whatever. You know. <laughs> Our kids would never scream at you. Never. All right, number four. Um, it also helps you understand what leaders are going through. Um, you know, I don't know how many times I've been judgmental of someone in a leadership position, whether a boss or whatever. And when I've been put in their shoes, I'm like, oh, gosh, I know. Lord, I repent. <laughs> I had no idea what they were going through in that position. I mean, you really do learn, you know. So that's another good thing. So um, did I tell you to turn to Luke 1.8? I, I think I did earlier and then I nixed it. But turn to Luke 1.8. This is the one scripture that came up that I knew I needed to talk about this tonight. You know, like I said earlier, I don't want anybody to feel, I don't want you to feel bad. You, there is something that, that you can do. God, God has something for you. You know, talk to him about it. Um, he just doesn't want you to miss out. You know, and we need you. You, like I said, you were created. I don't care what you think. The Bible says you were you. He created you with some amazing things. And somebody, it's not just for you to keep to yourself. You've got to share it with each other. So in Luke one eight. Um, so it, so it was, you know, let me, let me pull it up. Can I borrow yours? Are you actually there? All right. Oh, I need my reading glasses. (laughs) All right. Yeah. Okay. I thought it was longer than that. This is talking about when, um, Zacharias and Elizabeth and this, I, pastor read the scripture um, Christmas message, I believe. And this is where it hit me. It just hit me really hard. Number eight. And all it said was, so it was that while he was serving as priest before God in the order of his division, according to the custom of the priesthood, his lot fell. Let me move on. Okay, go down to number 11. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And it goes on, and, and the angel says, Don't be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayers heard. Your wife will bear a son. The angel comes and gives him all that good news. It says, And so it was that while he was serving. While he was serving. He was just doing his thing. He was just doing what God 
asked him to do. It could be anybody. You could be, and so while so-and-so was ushering, walking around checking the cars, and, you know, God just speaks something, you know, an angel comes down, says whatever, you know, it's just amazing. Absolutely amazing things can happen while you're serving. I mean, we have a perfect example right there. Amazing things can happen, you know. And turn to Galatians 6, 9. Oh, I'm not letting you out early, but I am done. Okay, Galatians 6, 9. I don't know where the time went. Sound just like my husband. Okay. Galatians 6, 9, you know, and I, I just wrote down a little portion of it. In due season, you'll reap. You know, do not grow weary in doing good because in due season, you'll reap. And that was one of the things I said, reasons it's good for you. You will, you will reap. God's, he's just setting you up. He's totally, he's not using you. You know, the devil will use people and wear them out and burn them out. You know, look what he does to rock stars that, that are singing nasty music their whole lives. I mean, look at the fruit and the lives that they've affected in a negative way for the devil and look at what usually happens to them. Lose their kids, lose their families, lose their own lives, a lot of them. I mean, that's, they don't even realize it, but they're serving the devil. And that's what he does to people. He uses them, and they think they're getting all this great stuff, fleshy stuff. They're not, they're, they're not so into the spirit, so they're, they're going to reap corruption, corruption, and they do. That's the way the devil does things. And God, he doesn't do that. He's setting you up to bless you. He wants nothing but good, good, good for you. And so I hope tonight that I've stirred you up. You know, you may be someone who's been serving for, you know, a really long time. Stir yourself up and remember, you know what? You have been sowing good seed and what you have done has eternal value. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.